What's up, everybody, and welcome to part three of episode 10 of VGM Generations. I'm Mike Posbon, and with me as always is Jordan Blinsky. Hello. And uh, that's not Aaron Belauchuk, that's Norm Gerhardt, VGM Generations superfan, here for his second appearance on the show. Say hi, Norm. Hey there, guys. And uh, yeah, so Norm's joining us. Aaron Aaron uh, couldn't be with us today for because of a scheduling conflict. Um, as you guys, uh, if you've listened to the show, you may know that he went to Japan. To buy all the Famicom minis. <laughs> he, was gonna, he said, I'm going, I'm clearing them out. I'm bringing them all home and become billionaires. He's just going to sell them on eBay at ridiculous marked up prices to North American customers and, and make his fortune. But, but uh, yeah, but in all seriousness, he went out there, uh, had a good time, but uh, just couldn't be with us today because of that. So Norm, Norm graciously uh, decided to fill in for him. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. So yeah. So uh, and Norm, as we may have mentioned, is you know VGM Generations fan club member number one for sure. Uh, <laughs> probably probably one of the few individuals that's listened to every episode. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's here with us today to uh, run down. Uh, this is our NES Classics Famicom Mini series, and so he's going to run down his uh, number one pick of all time from the NES Classic. Uh, library. So, Norm, go ahead. All right. So, the game I chose was Final Fantasy, um, and the track was Mount Golg. Now, the name about Mount Golg is, I think, this is a fairly uh, popular track in, and it's been reproduced in several of the Final Fantasy spinoffs uh, and other a few of the core games as well. Uh, so, it's also been known as Mount Gurgu or Gurgu Volcano, but I think the general consensus currently is Mount Golg. Um, yeah, it's uh, so I, I guess just for those of you who don't know, Final Fantasy came out in 1987. Um, and Still wasn't born. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. So close. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was developed and published by Square, who are now Square Enix. Um, and oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's weird because now like it's hard for me to separate Square from Square Enix. Like in my brain, Square Enix was always the company, but it was... Square and then what was the Enix part? It wasn't just Enix, was it? I don't remember. I think Enix. was it just Enix? Oh yeah, Enix did like uh, Dragon okay. Quest and, and but I thought Square. they had like a longer name and then they just abbreviated it when I they became Square Enix. But I'm pretty sure it was just Enix. Okay, but I could be wrong. No, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, sorry. Continue. Yeah, no. Um, so I guess Square had done quite a few games for the NES and I think a couple other Japanese. Um, computer systems, but uh, none had really taken hold. I think Rad Racer was one of the ones that was fairly popular in uh, North Very America. Cool. Yeah, which, which I played a lot of. And I had, my, the, I had the guys over the other day, and we put on the 3D glasses. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. You're right there. Right. That's the 3D one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, other than the Rad Racer, I didn't really hear of many other games from Square at the time. Um, now, the the one question I have to ask mostly for comedic effect is did you believe this was the final fantasy when you played it did you think this is like it was a one-off <laughs> so there, there's a few i think the the most popular story behind that name is that so because square hadn't had a lot of success making games they kind of said okay we got to put all of our chips all in. of our resources yeah all, okay. all of our chips in a pile this is kind of the last act if we can't make this then we got to dissolve kind of thing oh okay so the, the rumor is that um, 
that they named it Final Fantasy just just as kind of a yeah this is our last a last hurrah kind of thing. And, oh, okay, uh, so they didn't awesome. think it was they thought maybe it wouldn't work and it really would be their final game. Yeah. So okay. So that's that's always kind of been the rumor. But then I was just doing some extra reading last night, and apparently last year the one of the designers, the main designer Hironobu Sakaguchi, kind of cleared the air last last year. I think. Oh, okay. And he said, well. Well, it's true that times were tough financially. Um, originally, it was going to be called Fighting Fantasy. But oh. because there was a line of role-playing books in North America also called Final Fighting Fantasy, they, they wanted to change it to prevent any trademark conflicts. Oh, interesting. So okay. really cool. That's, kind, a, that's a good story. Yeah, he kind of said, well, you know, we really just wanted to keep the FF. So any F word would have done. But and in, and in, well, finals a good yeah, choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in my note after the F words, I say barely perceptible eyebrow raise. Yeah, there you go. But glad they didn't go with yeah another F word. But it could have been. Yep. I always hate when they have some some like long long standing legend about like the origination of something, and then you know they just say ah, that wasn't <laughs> yeah. true. It's that wasn't actually it. Yeah. Actually, not as interesting as you think. Yeah. Oh well. So I'm not sure what the true story is, but there's a couple good uh, good rumors about it. I like yeah. that. But we know how that ended up. So, um, fifteen I think other Final fantasies Fantasy. later, plus all the spinoffs. Yeah. yeah, Final Fantasy fifteen out this month. Yeah. Um, After well, and hasn't it been like five years or something? It's been in a while. Yeah. Like because it wasn't. It didn't start as fifteen. It started as was it versus? Is that right? I don't know. Anyway, like it's morphed and changed and yeah, been redeveloped and re reconceptualized like so many times and finally finally it's coming out yeah finally fantasy this is yeah this one should be called finally fantasy (laughs) i guess yeah before i heard all those rumors my interpretation of final fantasy is that every every separate game is in a different universe essentially so it okay it's not like um well i think zelda's kind of like that but they've kind of put it on a timeline now now. they have yeah yeah yeah. it's a branching timeline because they messed with time but yeah yeah as opposed to to that it's just kind of discrete universes each one there's also a lot of um characters and storylines and just lore that sort of all pieces together in one way or another but with final fantasy i'm not i, I don't know is it totally different or is it kind of the same idea thematically it it's has the themes are very very recurring like there are okay. so many things that are Distinctively, <laughs> final fantasy chocobos summoned monsters um, yeah the job systems um you know, you, you know when you're playing a Final Fantasy game, but as far as characters, story, game world, that kind of stuff is unique to every instance of the franchise. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. That is cool. All right. Well, any other stuff about the music or? Um, no, we can get into the tracks. So All right. Mount Golg. It's a, it's a short one, but it's, it's one that always kind of stuck with me. It's, it's, it's pretty poppy. I think the composer Nobuo Uematsu, uh, he was a big fan of, the Beatles and bluegrass and I don't know, very melody driven music. And I think that's one of the reasons I like final fantasy music so much. And this is a good indication of the kind of style he, he used. All right. Well, let's give it a listen. Thank you. 
with the name of this level, Mount Golg, yeah. what, what was the reason for the different pronunciation? Is it just the translation was different or the spelling was hard to read? I think it was probably just a translation. There's a, I was just going through the Final Fantasy wiki last night doing some research and yeah, there, just the Mount Golg page. There's a huge page for just the track because it's appeared in so many games and there's a huge page for the location as well. So okay. yeah, it, I think it's usually so in in the original Final Fantasy it's it's a volcano so it's called the Gurgu volcano I think in the original translation and uh, the floor is lava so <laughs> that's probably <laughs> that's where I originally got scared of lava floors and but I that's know. awesome well, there's always been a a lot of weird things with the translations between the uh I guess the Japanese and the North American Final Fantasies cuz you could probably speak better than I can but isn't one of them like Final Fantasy 3 um, the one that we got as Final Fantasy one or or oh, five yeah. or something like that. Oh yeah, there was a weird thing with that. Yeah, so Final Fantasy one, which is this the game this track is from, came out in Japan and here. Um, two, the 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 real Final Fantasy two was also was for Famicom. Uh, never came over here. Okay, back in the day. Uh, same with Final Fantasy three. So Final Fantasy four was the first for the Super Famicom. And they brought that one over here as Final Fantasy two. Yeah, they called it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they totally broke it. They yeah. probably like broke the numbering system. And then Final Fantasy five Super Famicom didn't come over here. So Final Fantasy six was Final Fantasy three here. Oh man! And then and then they so confusing. <laughs> yeah. And then when it went to PlayStation with Final Fantasy seven, they righted it. So in here, up, you know, by the. When Final Fantasy VII came out, we had Final Fantasy I, Final Fantasy II, III, and seven. And people were like, where's four, five, and six? Yeah. Not realizing that they've already, yeah, okay. Exactly. That they were totally mixed they've up. They've already yeah. played five. Yeah. And, and they, yeah. they've all since been translated. I, yeah. And that would never happen now, now that the series is so big. It's, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like worldwide, worldwide launches now, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Though I heard someone complain the other day that, I can't remember what game it was. I don't think it was Final Fantasy, but something isn't like a worldwide launch. Like it'll hit like Australia late or something. And so right. they have to like avoid spoilers. I think it was maybe Titanfall or something. Mm. Yeah, but, there's, uh, there's a lot. Even even PC releases seem to come out. I know. And it's just, later. it just doesn't make sense. Like why it's, it's all digital now. Like just yeah. press the button and let it, everyone have it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, just data now. It's not yeah. like discs have to be shipped anymore and stuff like that. But from what I hear, it's the, uh, it's the relationships with the retailers that prevent it. So it's just like the retailers are like, well, if you're going to worldwide launch it, but then we don't get in the store for two weeks, like no one's going to buy it from us. So then they have to delay it even digitally Mm -hmm. region, region specific. So Mm. anyway, uh, journey, you want to go next? Sure. I'll go next. Uh, I want to talk about star tropics on the NES classic. My, probably my favorite on the list of games and one of my favorites of all time. Um, Created by Nintendo in 1990 by their IRD department. I guess that's Integrated Research and Development. Oh, I love it. So 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 businesslike. <laughs> very well. If you you sort of look at the list of games they've created, it's actually a pretty short list. This was the team that did most of their most of their hardware. So this is the team that created the Rumble Pack, which oh, is huge. So for it's gaming. the best team ever. It is a pretty <laughs> cool. Yeah, exactly. And one of the best Nintendo controllers of all time. N64. No, oh. I, said, I said best. Oh, it is uh, GameCube. It, uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. I was just wondering which one you were going to go with. The Wave Bird, actually. Oh, the Wave oh, Bird. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, so, the original wireless. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, pretty awesome team by of Nintendo guys. Um, 
So on their short list of games, the only other game I'll mention that they've created that is pretty well known is the Punch-Out series. So they did the original arcade and uh, the NES Punch-Out, possibly the the SNES version as well. But anyways, Star Tropics. Um, I guess it was a game that was very much Zelda inspired. It did come out after Zelda because uh, this was 1990. Um, Zelda was in the 80s. I've 87, I forget, 86 maybe. That sounds one. right. Yeah. yeah. So this game came out after Zelda, but again, it's by Nintendo. They're inspired by themselves. This team wanted to do, <laughs> I guess, a, a more westernized version of Zelda, maybe for the North American audience. So you'll see a, a big running theme in the game of American-themed you know, places, items, stories. Um, the main idea is you're, you're I guess, this all-American-like Baseball pro, your yeah. name is <laughs> Star Pitcher. Star Pitcher, yeah. You're you have the most American name. Your name is Mike Jones, <laughs> and that uh, is very American name. You're you're just traveling through the tropics, going from island to island. The main idea is that you're looking for your uncle, uh, who's a doctor. He's an archaeologist, Doctor Jones. Uh, so you might see another theme running through the game, which is <laughs> not only is it inspired by Zelda, but the Indiana Jones franchise as well. So looking for your uncle, Uncle Jones, um, apparently he's gone missing. And so you got to try and find him going through the islands, uh, solving mysteries and puzzles, uh, fighting monsters and dungeons, that sort of thing. So picture kind of like a, the overworld is very much like Zelda. And then you go into some of the, the dungeons to fight monsters and bosses, and it becomes more of like an action puzzle platformer. So uh, it's, it's pretty unique and it's a series I wish Nintendo would have continued with, but, uh, that's another story for another time. Um, there's, there's a lot, uh, as far as story goes, like it's pretty in depth. There's like, you go through different chapters and there's like some, some chapters are like, you're, you're looking for people trying to solve puzzles and then you go and fight a monster where other chapters will be like, you never even go into a dungeon and fight anyone. You're just kind of traveling around in your, in a submarine and in, in the overworld, like, trying to navigate through a maze. Okay. So there's a lot of different different themes. It's not like Zelda where there's like level one, a boss, go in and fight him. This is like a little bit more sporadic and random. Um, there's one one chapter in particular that really stands out where you uh, you have to find a crystal ball for this, this uh, fortune teller and she like grants your wish and she turns you into a girl so that you can like <laughs> enter this all female castle. And, oh. and I'm trying to remember why you even need to do that in the Sounds first place. Sounds a little dirty. But you, uh, a little Japanese. Well, it's funny because when you go in there, you talk to the, the, the female chief in charge of the, uh, it's actually called Castle Shikola. So you go in there, you talk to her and they actually upgrade your main weapon, which in this game is a yo-yo. And um, I thought you said he was a baseball star. He is. He is. Why so would his main weapon be a baseball bat? Is, go ahead. You pitch a yo-yo, it comes back. Oh, exactly. I see. <laughs> Unlimited. Unlimited plus, pitching. Plus you do pick up items in the game like uh, like baseball bats, baseballs. There's a lot of really weird sports related items and power ups. Um, anyways, you uh, you go into Shikola. They upgrade your yo-yo into a shooting star, which is kind of like a ball and chain that you like throw back. And uh and then you, go, you I, I forget, you go through a graveyard and then you like cross this bridge that you create with magic and you're actually <laughs> supposed to yell abracadabra and then in, in real life and yeah, then the, yeah, bridge, the bridge appears. So it's like, it's, it's totally random and all over the place. I think it ends with you climbing a mountain, talking to a hermit. And it's also that you could like get this magic 
cure for the island chief's daughter who's like in a coma. So it's like, that's just one chapter. That's like chapter three. Wow, that's crazy. So let's let's listen to some music. I want to I want to play you some music from chapter four. I, I spliced two songs together. We're going to listen to the main theme when you're in the submarine, the submarine being called the subsea. And uh, throughout your adventure in chapter four, you get swallowed by a whale. So we're going to listen to both of those tunes. They're, they're fairly short. But uh, take those bananas out of your ears. We're going to listen to the chapter four music from Star Tropics. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually from the game oh is it okay there's, there's this running joke throughout the whole game that you've put bananas in your ears and it's not really specified why and it's just sort of a goofy joke they have and okay. then at the end like the final boss is like yelling at you and he's like trying to get in your head and like and f with you and that's where you like physically put bananas in your ears <laughs> and you like say get out of my head you demon scum <laughs> and then actually the ending of the game they show him like giving a thumbs up to the camera and he's got these bananas in his ears. <laughs> That's awesome. So this is uh, unique. This game's a little unique in that I have never, I had never heard of this game before you picked it. Like I, I hadn't heard it before we went through like the NES classic list and I had no idea. So that was, that was a fun little description for me because oh, uh, yeah. yeah, I've never heard of this game. I didn't know anything about it. So I, I can't, because I have so much nostalgia for it. I can't say how it holds up today because I just I absolutely love this game. But I think if you're somebody that's never played the original Zelda or you have very little experience with it and you're willing to give that a shot, give this a shot too. I think that this is a little bit more like, Again, nostalgia might be biased, but I feel like this is the better out of the two games. But then better than course, Zelda, better than Zelda one. Ooh, that's but that's high again, I know that's, high praise. But but then you go through the Zelda series and the games. Norm, Norm is looking like he disagrees. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. Well, so so I'll say the Zelda franchise continued to grow and become a greater and greater. Yeah. Whereas Star Tropics did have a sequel that I would say was subpar, and then the the series and died then it disappeared. After that. Yeah, I guess. In, within Nintendo, there was only room for one. 
But at the same time, this game, in my opinion, wouldn't be better than Zelda if Zelda never happened, because obviously it stole a lot from Zelda to become the game that it is. Right. So you can't really say it's better than Zelda without giving praise where it's due. So it was, it was such a quirky game, but it was so well designed. Like I, I'm like you, I have a lot of nostalgia for it, but I still, I don't know. I have to think, <laughs> trying to think objectively about it. I, I think it's probably really well designed still. And yeah. I th- I think someone who hasn't played it could get into it. I, th- I um, think it's just, so. It's so quirky and unique. Um, do you remember how to activate the sub? I do. Do you want to? <laughs> do you want to bring it up? I, maybe did, you can. Did you did you have the game when you were a I, kid? I we rented it. Oh, but then we you, had the manual. Then go for it. They didn't photocopy the manual. You had to immerse the manual in water, didn't you? Yes. And it revealed the code because there's a part in the game where they tell you um, that your uncle, Doctor Jones, sent you a letter, and he wants you to dunk the letter in yeah. water. And you have to think outside the box. It's kind of breaking the fourth wall. But the letter is the physical, real letter in the manual, yeah. not in the game, in the real world that you have in your hand. And to That's go crazy. beyond that, <laughs> to go beyond that, the game, the video game, is telling you to dunk this in water, which is like totally for me. Like as a kid, I would have been like, no, no, like I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna, <laughs> not gonna wreck my, my beautiful manual. Exactly, I'm not gonna put my 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 letter, my manual in water. But, but that's what you had to do. You and do. then so it was some sort of like so reactive the, water reactive paper or whatever. And yeah. the thing like appeared. It would, that's really there's a, cool. There's a hidden message from your uncle at the bottom of the letter that he wrote you. And then it's um it's like the 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 code to activate the sub C and I it, believe it's seven forty seven. It okay. reveals you know on the paper and then you're in your submarine and your um the navigator of the submarine is this little robot called uh, Nav Navcom, I think. That sounds right. He looks like Rob the Robot. Yeah. I think he actually is Rob the Robot. Okay. Anyways, he asks you for the, <laughs> the input code and you dial it in and then you're allowed to keep playing the game. Yep. So <laughs> that's really yep. cool. That's a really cool. So yeah. what are what are people going to do now? Well, I, I looked into it because that was mm. my biggest concern about people buying the classic is how are they going to dunk the water in there? But uh, apparently, is it QR? Dunk the, dunk the, the mini console in water. Yeah, yeah, dunk your... <laughs> <laughs> pour a bucket of water on your NES classic. Yeah. Um, I believe uh, the menus in the NES classic are QR codes that bring mm. you to web pages. Oh, I imagine okay. they probably have like a little animated thing of a of a letter being dunked in water. Yeah. Because uh, Star Tropics is also on the virtual console and... I don't know how they did that. And I, I feel like they would have had to do a, the same thing. I know we're living in the age of the internet, but really you have to imagine that you're, you're, you're selling a product that's functional without needing the internet where people shouldn't have to Google what the code mm-hmm. is. They should be able to figure that out by just playing the game. But I don't know if, how they dealt with that. That's an interesting question. I know the Wii, like the virtual console versions, do have manuals included. So I'd be then curious to, to look at Maybe that. it's just in the, maybe they just didn't do the reveal thing. Maybe it's just in like the virtual yeah. manual. It's just there at the bottom of the, of the, of the, the letter the or whatever. Letter and yeah. Then, yeah. They just lost that cool little, really cool little water dunk. But yeah, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Now you were saying before, we're gonna we're gonna trash Aaron anyway, even though he's not here. But that he doesn't like this game. Well, I but, I shouldn't say he doesn't like it. He so he never he said he never played it when he was a kid. And so again, that's kind of going back to can somebody get into it that's never played it in this yeah. day? Does it hold up? Mm-hmm. And he said he tried playing it and he just never really got into it. But I was just gonna sort of beat him over the head with like the fact that this is Zelda and Indiana Jones having a baby, and they made a classic <laughs> Nintendo game that. He doesn't like, and those are like his two favorite things in the world. Oh, it's yeah. like we've talked about uh, Zelda a lot, and maybe a little bit about Indiana Jones. But yeah, Aaron's a, like a giant Indiana Jones nerd. He's got a whole outfit that he and a whip and like the whole thing. Like he's he's crazy about it. So the fact that he doesn't like this game is so he can come defend himself next week. But yeah, 
There you go. <laughs> you should like it. You should like this game. <laughs> Anyways, that's that's enough Star Tropic for today. I hope to talk about this game in another episode because I have other stories, but uh, another time. Sure, sounds good. We'll save cool. some for later. Cool. All right. Well, I guess that's to me. And uh, for my pick, I went with uh, Gradius or Gradius, depending on how you want to say it. So um, my favorite song is Stage One because that's the song I heard the most because I died a lot trying to play this game. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Developed and published by Konami, obviously, in 1986. Uh, it actually hit the arcade in 1985, though. Um, but yeah, it came to North America on the NES in 1986. And uh, composer was Miki Higashino. I think I'm going to say it sounded a little Italian, but, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's how it was pronounced. So, um, obviously, uh, if you don't know, it's one of the, uh, most classic and one of the best, uh, horizontal shoot 'em ups of all time. Uh, your spacecraft in the game is called the Vic Viper, which to me is the most 80 sounding name <laughs> that they like that they possibly could have gave it like some, like, like a really short, like really masculine name and then a snake. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it could have been. It could have been a guy with a mullet riding a motorcycle. Yeah, totally. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, and the, the the whole thing with Gradius is all about the power meter. Um, so it's as you're going through, you get power-ups and you kind of progress along this line of what power-up you want to choose and you can choose when to activate it. So there's some strategy in it. It's not just every time you grab a power-up, you get incrementally better. It's that you can pick, like, do you want shields? Do you want lasers? Do you want an extra little guy that like mirrors your movements? Like, which one do you want? Um, so in, and then one other fun fact is in Europe, they released it. It actually hit Europe before it hit North America and they renamed it Nemesis for some reason. But then when they brought it to the NES, they were like, no, we're going to keep Gradius. So, does and then Grad, does Gradius mean anything in I don't know. Japanese? I, Do you know? I, I don't know. I was thinking about it because we were talking about the Gradius versus Gradius. And I think I say Gradius because of the Roman sword Gladius. Oh, okay. I yeah. wonder. I wonder if that's where it came from. If it was just a translation issue, I, I'm I'm just yeah, spitballing yeah. here. But could be though. Know. Yeah, totally. Could. Or, it, or it could just. I mean, Gradius sounds pretty cool. Yeah, so maybe <laughs> just a cool name. Gladius makes sense though, because a yeah. lot of times they'll they'll lose the L and they'll replace it with a different letter. Well, like mm -hmm. Gurgu volcano, exactly. Or Gulg volcano, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, makes sense. So, um, and then I think so. This is going to be a long list, but I'm pretty sure this game will forever hold the title for the game I've picked that's been released on the most platforms. So obviously it hit the arcade, Amstrad, CPC, Commodore 64, PlayStation 4, Famicom NES, Game Boy, Microsoft Windows, Mobile Phone, MSX, NEC, PC 8801, Nintendo DS, Nintendo eShop, PC Engine, PlayStation, PlayStation Network, PlayStation Portable, Sega Saturn, Sharp X1, Sharp X68000, Windows Store, and the ZX Spectrum. It's been on all those platforms and I don't think I'll ever pick a game again, that will hit that many platforms. Like this game, this game has been basically been released on anything you can play a game on. And that's just this game, not the franchise. Yeah. Just that's just this, this game. Yeah. Like the franchise is even more widespread. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So that's all I'm going to say for now. We'll talk about some more well, stuff. Oh, and, and, sorry, and, go ahead. and not just the game being on different, uh, console platforms, but the game is actually in other games. It is in other <laughs> games. So we'll mention that after the music. I want right. to save that one for after the music. So let's give it a listen. So we're going to listen to stage one. Um, oh, I just want to mention stage four is my second favorite in case you're, you go, want to go pull the whole soundtrack. And so we're going to listen to stage one and we're going to listen to the little intro tune that you get when you, when you boot up. So let's have a listen.
just love it. It's like, it's so high energy. You know what I mean? It like really gets you charged up. And like, that's what like a first level should do, right? It should get you like excited to play more. What are, what are some of the enemies like in this game? Oh man, there's all sorts of weird stuff. So mostly it's just, you know, flying ships just moving in sequential patterns like any side scrolling shoot 'em up. But um, the one, the one that's funny that that's uh, really repeating is the uh, Easter Island heads. Oh yeah. Um, and then they shoot these like round like bubble lasers at you. Oh cool. <laughs> that one's one of the one of the weirder ones. And then um, actually while we're talking about that, um, one of the things this game pioneered was this it, like the catchphrase of the game was shoot the core. And so what it is is when you hit the enemies, you have to like shoot their little glowing blue orb core yeah. and you have to get through like a bunch of walls so it's it's all about like timing because that shot needs to like not just hit the ship but needs to hit like the little defensive walls in front of it so usually there's like six or seven walls that you have to get through first and then you can hit the core and then you That's get through cool. that reminds me of like uh atari and ColecoVision games where the the boss is like has a big barrier shield and you got to break through and yeah it's totally. one particular flashing dot to like win the game yeah so some of the other things i want to bring up um and the, I think this is one of the coolest things about it um, is that this was actually the very first appearance of the Konami code. Nice this was team. the first game it was ever used in. So the up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, start. I was going to ask. Select start. I was going to ask because um, a, a couple of Konami games that use the Konami code, the codes are a little different depending on the game. Yeah. So, so I, I wasn't sure if this was the classic one or if this No, was, this is the classic one. Okay. This is the original. So, uh, and then, yeah. And then I guess Contra was the other game it was used in and they, people called it like Contra code or whatever when it first yeah. hit that. But then, and then later it was called the Konami code. The one that I remember is Turtles 2 because uh, it was my first introduction to the Konami code. And rem uh, I had to, if you've never done the Konami code as a kid and somebody's trying to teach it to you, yeah. it's almost like uh, you, it's almost harder than beating the game. <laughs> trying to perform that code as a kid because that's the first introduction of being like really fast on the controllers. So. Yeah. And then, um, wanna, oh yeah, and it gives you all the power-ups when you do it in this game. Okay. So you instantly get all the power-ups. So it's it's very, very so beneficial. Power-ups, uh, do you get extra lives? Uh, no, I don't think it's lives. I think it just gives you all the power-ups in the okay. game like immediately. So, which basically is like unlimited lives because once you're, when you're fully powered up, you can pretty much cruise through the game like it's a, it's a, a lot easier like playing it without power-ups is is tough it's yeah. a, definitely a challenge like this is and they say like people like um IGN did a review not for it originally but it did a review when it hit the Nintendo eShop on the Wii excuse me and they were saying that uh like a lot of people might get like turned off by the uh by the difficulty of it like if you haven't played it before and like you're jumping in as like a modern gamer you might be like this is this is like challenging but that can be said for a lot of old classic games we'll just give somebody silver surfer because there's a shooter that's <laughs> hard and broken yeah <laughs> so and then the other thing was uh it spawned um this game spawned tons of sequels but the one it spawned was uh life force in north america as we know it, or salamander in japan and uh again you were playing as vic viper and then he had a sidekick so you could play two player and it was uh vertical and horizontal mm. um levels in that game so did his partner have a really cool name too I, you know what i don't remember the name i should <laughs> maybe it was steve salamander <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that's why it's called salamander yeah do you know do you know the player two's name by any i chance? don't know player no two's okay <laughs> well uh konami had um did they name the contra guys i'm pretty sure the contra guys had names too they were yeah i'm sure some tough like macho names weren't they, weren't they modeled after like schwarzenegger and stallone um yeah rambo and and commando commando yeah. yeah yeah and uh funny thing changing the names i i we were talking about this before we hit record um contra was called probotector i believe in yeah. europe 
Um, I don't know about Japan, and they were robots. So if you want to play as Rambo and Commando as robots. There you go. Go get the Famicom version. But uh, so Jordan, you were saying that this game appears in other games. Yeah, my first introduction to to Gradius was in Blades of Steel. Yeah, a so game that I've picked before is one of my favorites. For but, sure. Yeah. So anybody that's ever played it knows that uh, before you go into the third um there you get the little um whatever the big jumbo screen the is. jumbotron jumbotron the, yeah. yeah um that displays the score you go into a little intermission break and uh, most of the time you'll get this goofy animation of a panda like uh shooting a puck but if you're lucky you get gradius and it says something like uh, i forget it's like three two one go and then you yeah. just start playing like a a watered down version of gradius well it's kind of just a boss level so it's just yeah. you're just beating like one of the shoot the core guys basically yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh and then the actually the only thing better than that is after the ship blows up it says <laughs> amazing graphics all your friends will want it i think it says amazing graphics awesome sound yeah all your friends will want it yeah <laughs> and then it played it plays like uh it says like contra and one other game jackal I think jackal. jackal yeah that's right yeah so it's kind of like an in-game advertisement for other yeah, games for other smart. konami games it's smart jackal had great music too did it have yeah, great music so too yeah, yeah. so that konami stuff. in addition to um being on hidden in blades of steel um believe Gradius was also tucked away in the SNES game Legend of the Mystical Ninja. I'm not sure what the <laughs> Japanese name was for it, but yeah, there was a little arcade in one of the stages you could enter and play Gradius and oh, a, that's cool. yeah, a little watered down version. But uh, was there any other arcade games in there? I or? don't remember. There, there I might have been. It was like an arcade room, wasn't it? Because did they not do that in the N64 version too? Like, I, I really don't know. I could be wrong on that. I, I'd never played the N64 no. version, but. Uh, yeah, but I do remember seeing in Let's Plays, uh, like arcades and stuff like that. So maybe there is mm -hmm. more than just Gradius, but. Could could be. But that's cool. Maybe That is cool. So it's Gradius is popping up all over the place. Yeah. You, so maybe even if you don't own Gradius, maybe you own a game that Gradius is in <laughs> and you can play it that way. Yeah. <laughs> or you can just grab, grab it in the S Classic and play it like that. I guess the last thing I'll say was um, one of the cool things about Gradius because it spawns so many sequels and so many spinoffs and stuff. A lot of these songs were kind of redone in later games. And one of the things that the uh, the IGN review said, like under the sound categories, like the sa the music's kind of like grating just because it's like got that high pitched stuff. I don't actually mind it to me. It's just like the sound of the NES. But if you go listen to this song or other songs in later iterations of this game that come out on the SNES and, and stuff and the PlayStation and stuff like that, um, they sound great. Like, so if you like this song, just go listen to like all the iterations of it because mm -hmm. they are, they all have this, their own unique sound and sound really cool. So awesome. I guess that's the last thing I'll say. All right. So that's it for, uh, episode or part three of episode 10, man, I keep missing that part three of episode 10 of EGM generations. And, um, now we'll talk about the contest and we'll say that, so you can pick one of the two games that we've talked about so far on the podcast. There might be another one coming right here, but uh, we talked about Soma. Yeah. And we talked about um, the cooking one. Uh, it's your game. It's my game, and I can't <laughs> remember the name of it. Overcooked. Okay. Overcooked. I there it is. Cook. I was like, I know it's like Overwatch. What is it? It's Overcooked. Not, not so, cooking, cooking mama, cooking with mama, whatever that. <laughs> Similar, but not the same. But, and then the other thing I was going to say is I think what the, the other way we can do it, I really have to check this out. I will check it out for the next episode, but I think if you want one of the games that we're talking about, these NES classic games and you have like a Wii or a Wii U, I think what we could possibly do is gift you uh, eShop points and then you could use that to buy the game. So if, uh, if that is the thing you would like the most, uh, let us know. And uh, how you enter the contest, 
Same as always. Hop on Twitter and retweet any of the three tweets that go out about the podcast. One for SoundCloud, one for Google Play, one for iTunes. And just hit that retweet button one time. And as we always like to say, your percentage chance of winning is as high as 100%. <laughs> we should we should probably say that the NES Classic apparently is really hard to get right now. It is. So. Apparently it's, yeah, if you can get your hands on it, it's a, it's a collector's item. I think I heard that it's going as high as $300 on eBay right too, now. Yeah. So like maybe like, if any of our listeners actually have this, they should just tweet us and let us know if they're... Yeah, let us know if you got one. You're having fun playing and, it. And you're playing it and let us know what your favorite, what your favorite song is too. Yeah. And then uh, for a bonus entry, you can always give us a review on... Uh, Give us a review on iTunes or leave a comment on SoundCloud for a bonus entry into that contest if you want 200% chance of winning. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as Norm is our guest, uh, he was going to tell us what he's been playing lately. What have you What have you been up to, Norm? Uh, so mostly I've been playing a lot of Overwatch. Yeah. Um, they just released Sombra, the new hero. Yeah. Have you played her much? Yeah. Uh, Do you like it? Not not a ton, but enough to get a feel for her. I really like her. She's yeah, fun. I she's like those like a hacker type character. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Hit and run hacker type cool. character. A lot of fun to play. Um, yeah, I like Tracer, and she has some similarities with Tracer. Yeah, super so. fast, mm-hmm. and you the warping the yeah. kind of actually. I guess her power is almost identical to Tracer's, and that she can warp backwards, but you can pick where you warp to. Oh, Sombra, I, I love that. That's probably my favorite thing. The the, like, the throwing of the like portal or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, people haven't yet. People aren't yet used to it, so if you're if I'm in a firefight, I throw it right towards them and then warp basically right behind them, and they don't. Oh, really? And they don't see it coming. Yeah, that's pretty good. But um, and then in addition to that, I've also been playing uh, Ace Attorney for 3DS. <laughs> I'm a, oh, really? I'm a sucker for those games. Uh, oh, okay. For some reason, I is just, it is it like a new one that came it's out? It's a new one. Yeah. It's what's it called? Uh, Spirit of Justice. Okay. It came out a couple months ago. So is it one of those crossover ones or is it a straight Ace Attorney game? It's a core game. It's a core yeah, game. So okay. It's a, it's a new one in the series. Um, really good. Yeah. I liked it. I finished it and now I'm going through one of the DLC cases. Okay. So, Very yeah. cool. Yeah. How many DLC cases are there? There are three, I think, but two of them are, they're no good. They're like, <laughs> oh, really? they're like five minutes long and they cost oh, okay. $5. And oh, really? So you're like a dollar a minute? Wasn't impressed. Yeah. So, but there's one length case which is really good so and very cool almost finished that and then i'll be on to something new right on sweet oh yeah just uh on the topic of 3ds if by the time you hear this episode uh you'll i guess the black friday deals are coming up and i just heard nintendo's launching their 3ds the uh not the xl but the regular for a hundred bucks just for this was weekend it, oh, i thought it was 200 is it 100 i, re- I read 100 holy yeah. smokes wow. that's crazy yeah, no, yeah, I saw that they have like they have these two they're really slick. They're um they're like uh either black or white and they've got like kind of just like a a light pattern and it's just like all the Mario symbols and stuff like that. They're really cool. So, yeah. um yeah, if you if you haven't picked one up yet, I uh, I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, but I got a 3DS for uh my birthday this year, uh care of my family and I got a game from Jordan and Aaron, so and we've been playing Three Swords as we like to call it or uh Hyrule Heroes. Triforce Heroes. Triforce Heroes. Oh, I mess it up every time. It's just three <laughs> cards to me. But uh, yeah, so, but yeah, if you, if you don't have a 3DS, there's, it's a ton of great, ton of great content, a lot of great games on there. So uh, if you want one, Black Friday is definitely the time to pick one up. So, yeah. or just tell your parents to get it for you for Christmas and tell them to go get it on Black Friday and save some money. There you go. So always, <laughs> always a good technique. But anyway, that's it for this, this episode. And uh, thank you so much, Norm, again, for filling in for us and coming on the podcast. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time.